Welcome back to the Australian Rotary Health Podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and joining us today on our 50th episode is Dr. David Horford. Australian Rotary Health awarded a mental health research grant to David from 2019 to 2020 for the project Enhancing Treatment for Depression, a randomised trial of adjunct memory specificity training. David is a registered clinical psychologist and senior lecturer at Deakin University. His clinical work has focused on treating mental illness in young adults. His current research focuses on difficulties in mental illness in retrieving autobiographical memories and imagining future experiences, both crucial to healthy psychological functioning. He studies the causes of these difficulties and their impact on cognitive, emotional and behavioural outcomes. So thank you very much uh, for joining me on the podcast, David. How's everything going for you at the moment? Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for having me here. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's going all right. We're coming to you in the middle of a lockdown, so we're all we're all sort of buttoning down the hatches and um, trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well, good to hear that things are going well. Yeah, despite the lockdowns. Um, so you, your research project focused um, on introducing an intervention that included adjunct memory specificity training for young people with depression. Uh, do you want to tell us about this intervention and the reasoning behind looking at memories as part of, of treatment? Yeah, absolutely. And I just noticed there that specificity is kind of hard to, to say. Yeah. It doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue. It usually <laughs> takes a couple of years before people can just get it automatic. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, um, uh, so about the intervention. So, look, I guess, you know, we, we put memories first and foremost as intervention because they're so crucial um, in our psychological well-being. And so we use memories to, you know, um, retain an idea of our identity and our continuity through time, to remember problems we've solved, to, to share stories with other people and, and, and bond and connect. Uh, and we use all the information we have from past experiences to imagine future experiences, planning and all those sorts of things. So really, they're really crucial, crucial to our, our, um, our ability to be healthy and functioning as people. Um, so there was a finding in the, the mid 80s that there was a particular aspect of autobiographical memory. So our, our personal memories that people with depression found particularly hard to to um, to access. Uh, and that was sort of specific memories, So event level memories. So people with depression, when you ask them to remember something uh, from a particular day in their life, um, or you give them a sort of prompt and say, recall something uh, related to the word happy, for example, or sad or whatever it is, um, you've got a tendency to give these sort of over general responses. So instead of remembering something that happened from a day, so for example, you know, your last birthday party, you had a restaurant that friends were there, you laughed, that kind of thing, you might recall something like, oh, I was happy in high school. So very, very sort of general type of um, access to memories. Um, and this is sort of problematic because there's a lot of information we need from those specific memories in order to be able to do the things that I spoke of before, solving problems, you know, identity, imagining things. Um, so from there, there's some interventions that were developed to help people with depression get better at remembering specific memories. Um, so what we did in this project was that we were... Um, 
uh, taking that intervention and we were putting it in a sort of mobile app sort of form so that people kind of train themselves um, in, in a really easy way uh, to get better at recalling um, specific memories. Hmm. Yeah, well, it certainly sounds like a very interesting um, yeah, intervention uh, for, for people with depression and um, yeah, it's very interesting what you said there about how they find it difficult to, to recall these, these particular memories. Um, so this study involved a, a randomised controlled trial to see how effective this intervention was. What exactly did the trial involve and, and what kind of research questions were you hoping to answer? Yeah, yeah. Just to go back to something you were saying before about uh, the memory difficulties, it's interesting in, in practice um, a lot of the complaints we get from people that are depressed is they have trouble remembering things, trouble remembering things that have, that have happened to them, um, although it doesn't appear as part of the criteria for the for the, um, the mental illness. You find it happens quite a lot. Um, so um, I've forgotten your question already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I guess, yeah, um, what exactly did the trial involve and, and what kind of research yeah. questions were you hoping to answer? Yeah, great. Um, so we... we um, we recruited um, a whole a whole bunch of um, youth, so people aged 15 to 25, um, who were experiencing uh, a major depressive episode. Um, and we wanted to recruit people that were um, already receiving some type of treatment to see whether if we added in this, this intervention to help particularly with memory recall, whether that might uh, help uh, decrease their depressive symptoms in addition to the intervention that we're already receiving. So one of our previous studies on which this is based has shown that this intervention is, is helpful um, in adults with depression. And we wanted to see if it was also helpful for, for youth. So we were interested to see whether or not it helped them uh, recall specific memories um, and also if it helped reduce their depressive symptoms. Yeah, great. And, and I guess, yeah, what were some of the main findings that came out of this trial? Mm -hmm. Well, um, so what we did was we, the youth were randomised to either receive um, their usual treatment that they were having, which was mainly a psychological treatment and or, and or antidepressants. And uh, so some of them got the treatment um, and some of them were randomised to get the treatment later. Um, so we had a sort of a comparison, a control group there. And what we found was that the, the people in the uh, memory specificity training group um, did report um, be a better ability to um, recall memories uh, at, at one month, so one month after they had access to it. Um, however, we didn't actually find that, that they were, we were better in memory recall at the three and six month mark. So it seemed to just have a sort of a limited effect there. Um, our main outcome there was depressive symptoms. And uh, we found that at one month, uh, they did have reduced depressive symptoms compared to people who didn't have access. Um, and then again, at six months. Uh, so six months after people got this uh, access to this intervention, which uh, was a sort of a mobile app that gave them keywords and they provided responses to it. And then a little algorithm there would tell them whether it was specific or not. And they sort of got, helped them sort of train that way. Um, people that received that, um, six months later were reporting sort of what we'd call sort of large um, differences, large reductions in their depressive symptoms. Yeah, hmm. well, it sounds like those were some really um, important findings. Uh, was this sort of the first time um, doing this type of intervention, including the memory training? Um, well, the, the training itself has been around for about 15, yeah, about 15 years, um, 10, 15 years. Um, but uh, it's the first time or the second time we've kind of used it in an app-based format and had it online. 
Um, so which obviously makes it much more accessible for people. Um, and it's also the first time that we've tried that in um, uh, see whether it's helpful for youth as well. Um, so though it's not the first time that intervention's been used, um, we can kind of say now, hey, look, this seems to be useful in helping uh, young people that might be experiencing depressive symptoms as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, I guess, are there any plans to expand on this research further or, or perhaps look at how this type of intervention may help people with other types of mental illness? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, being a clinical researcher, I guess I'm always trying to, my colleagues and I were always trying to work out what works, but also then how do you kind of improve on it? Uh, and so improve on it might mean making it more effective. It might mean making it more accessible. Uh, it might be trying to understand, you know, the mechanisms through which it works a bit better. Um, so we've sort of got some plans in a few of those areas. Um, certainly what we're trying to do is, is make it a bit more available for people. So it can be a bit of a self-help program for people that are out there um, and need something extra on top of the treatment that they're getting. Mm. Um, so uh, in terms of plans, um, well, the interesting thing about that memory specificity um, issue is that it's not just, it doesn't just happen in depression. It seems to happen across a whole number of different mental health issues. Um, so I guess uh, certainly in things like post-traumatic stress disorder, um, there's been a bit of work in that area as well. And that seems to be helpful, that type of intervention. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a look and, and see if there's other um, other types of mental health issues that, that we might be able to help with this program. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the app, um, is it yet available for people to access or, or are there plans to roll that out um, in the near future? Yeah. No concrete plans as such. Um, <laughs> I think the thing is sometimes you can have some nice ideas that you get motivated about, but you've got to get the resources behind you to get it done. So yeah. um, look, it's, I think it's, it's, Ultimately, you know, I think you do this work because you want it to be out there for people to take advantage of, to benefit from. So we're, we're, we're kind of talking about that at the moment and trying to work out ways that we can make that more accessible. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and what, I guess what kind of implications do you think that this study may have in terms of helping young people with depression? Hmm. Um, well, look, a lot of um, interventions we use at the moment are sort of frontline treatments for depression in youth are very much focused on um, uh, changing the way we think, uh, but also, you know, they're very action-oriented. So we get people to, to do things that give them reward or reinforcement, get them to connect with people. Um, we're getting to do a lot, of, a lot of really proactive kind of stuff, and that's, that's great. And there's really good evidence for that stuff and um, uh, no, no, by no means criticising it. Um, in addition to that, though, you know, um, everyone, including youth, have this amazing resource of resources in their, in their memory, you know, things about their experience that have been, you know, um, fun or good or ways they can think about themselves as being effective or confident. Um, and so we've got all this stuff that we can draw on to use to help, you know, shape or change how we think about ourselves and how we think about the world. And I think what this intervention shows is that even for youth, um, there's a lot we can access there and draw on that can help um, them, you know, regulate their mood and, and, and their sort of self-image. Um, so I think the implications are that there's, not, there's, there's, there's other ways that we can help youth to how we're doing now and, and, and um, maybe ways that, um, yeah, can draw in some of those resources that otherwise can get quite forgotten when we're feeling depressed. Yeah. 
And uh, um, some of our main supporters um, are Rotarians, as, as you probably know, and it's always rewarding for them to, to see the positive results that come out of their donations. Uh, could you perhaps comment on how this funding may have impacted your career as a researcher? Yeah, well, maybe that's a good opportunity to thank the organisation as well and all the donors. It, it was, you know, on behalf of my colleagues, it's been an amazing um, privilege to, to be able to, you know, do some research that we're so excited about and um, and have the support. So that's been absolutely wonderful. Um, we're, we're very grateful for that. Um, in terms of how it's impacted, well, you know, I, on, a, on a personal note, I think it's, it's really helped me to... Um, and, and the research team, I guess, which is international, um, to really work together and build our relationships and our connections and our understanding in ways that I think are really going to seed a lot of research for the future. So aside from getting the actual outcomes from the study and you know going out and publishing it and spreading the word, um, I think it's really done a lot as well to to help build the skills of the team and especially myself as a as a, a sort of more earlier career researcher. So you sort of have that specific impact of the, the trial and its results, but then you have that broader impact, I think, and helping to kind of build people up to hopefully do some exciting things in the future. Yeah. And, I, and I get an opportunity as well to train other people through that as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit of a flow-on effect. It, yeah, it has a quite, a quite a large impact. Well, yeah, that, that's so great to hear. And, and, and thank you as well for doing such important work. You know, it's always, it's always great to hear from our researchers, you know, what they're doing and, and the sort of outcomes that come out of that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard that just recently Australian Rotary Health announced that we will be focusing our funding on the mental health of um, young Australians aged 0 to 12. Um, so I guess, do you have any comments on the importance of continuing mental health research to support our youngest Australians? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, when we look at, um, at uh, you know, how different types of mental health issues develop, um, you know, you, you see a whole range of different risk factors and markers that, that start all the way from, well, before birth, um, you know, especially in that early development period. Um, and I think, you know, the field um, has really started to get around the idea that, um, you know, if we can help people at a younger age, and maybe we can actually um, either prevent the onset of, um, of, you know, significant mental health issues, or at least reduce um, the severity when they, when they, um, uh, if they do um, evolve, then I think that's a really good thing. Um, so, you know, focusing efforts there is, 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 is a great idea. And that's, I, I didn't know that's where the focus was going now. So I think that's terrific. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's only just a, a recent announcement and we're very excited. Um, we will be holding a symposium next year and um, advertising grants, um, yeah, in 2022 for 2023 funding. So, yeah, keep yeah. an eye out on, on that. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, um, it, I, there's going to be some great stuff that comes out of that, I, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, especially now we know those early risk factors, um, getting better at identifying them and targeting them is going to be going to be really good, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much for, um, for your time today, David. Was there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up today? Um, no, but except just you know, congratulations on the podcast. I've had a listen myself and it's really, you've got some great people on here and it's really interesting to listen to. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you again. That was the 50th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. 
It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like David's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.